1: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here today. I'm super excited for our conversation ahead of us. The guest I'm bringing on, Ryan Sullivan. He is the CEO and founder of Podcast Principles. Started out as a daytime mechanic and nighttime podcast host. Then transformed, transformed his passions from a side hustle into his career. Now working with celebrities, athletes, business models, and more. He's also the host of Bobcast. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. How's it going, Ryan?
2: Brittany, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I filled out a nice application. I was like, I hope they choose me and uh, I'm excited to be here.
1: It is a privilege having you on today, Ryan. I mean, you made it into the 20%, you know, 80% of our our um, applications don't make it through the first time, but um, welcome to the show. You made it in.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm on my way. I'm on my way to top 1%. That's the goal. We'll see.
1: <laughs> You've got it. You're already there. Uh, that's the mindset I always have. You already are there. You're already there. And then it happens, right? So it. Ryan, I know I gave you a really brief intro, but do you mind going ahead and taking us back? filling in those gaps. I mean, you, you're a jack of all trades. I'd love to share it with our listeners. Tell us how you got to where you are today.
2: Yeah, sure. So, you know, I'm a a podcast host and founder and all these things now, but in 2018, I basically had a um, minor depressive episode, I guess I would say, like just, just realized that I needed to figure out my life and I need to, needed to decide what it is I actually want to do with it. And at that time, this might sound Naive, but like I was 19 and maybe most maybe some people don't figure that out until later. But I kind of had this existential crisis, so to say in 2018. And that's what started me on this journey. Before that I had been a rapper music producer, Um, I had a couple mentors in that realm. And that allowed me to develop my skill as an audio engineer. Um, So alluding to your intro, I was a mechanic during the day, I did that for four years, and then I would come home at night, and I would make podcasts and music. And so I had uh, my podcast at the time, just a few episodes, just, you know, basically figuring it out. I had no idea what I was going to talk about or what I was going to do. I would just set the webcam on and just go from there. So I had somebody on my podcast who got recommended to me, who made six figures uh, doing social media management online. So I'm like, okay, that's my ticket. I'll try that. So tried that for months, made no money. He gave me all his scripts, tried Upwork, didn't work. Um, and then I'm like, okay, I have a couple other skills. So let me try to apply for an audio job because that's one of my skills so i tried that for three months uh, made 80 dollars in three months and i'm like i'm doing this it's working i'm going to figure it out and at that time i was interning at a music studio for free just so i could learn and then i was also just basically dra- just draining my savings just trying to apply for these small jobs online because i didn't want to be a mechanic anymore so um that was the i guess the start to my freelance slash business journey so to say and luckily the probably like the 70th or 80th job i applied for um i was just sick of upwork so i just called the company and acted like i was a company so they would talk to me and then that CEO really liked the hustle and then that started really my first job as a podcast producer so you know that is the uh, filling in the gap so to say and that's that's taking you up to 2020. So if you want to talk about 2020 to now, you know, um, that's another story, but that fills in probably a couple gaps there.
1: Love it. Wow. You know, if if we have a minute or two here, I I wouldn't mind hearing from 2020 to 2023 now. Where are you at right now in your business?
2: Yeah. yeah. So, so now we're a pod half of our, what we do is podcast coaching and the other half is podcast production. So um, the coaching side is, is made for two different um, types of people. One of them is somebody who would rather spend more money than time launching their podcast, um, Whereas they um, would rather just speak with an expert, somebody who's done it a bunch of times, rather than go through YouTube and Google rabbit holes and spend yeah. 40 hours trying to learn a thing. So that's what we developed a system for. It's, launch a podcast in five meetings or less. And that's what we do. And then on the other side of the coaching, we help current podcasters. So mostly it's people at the 40, 50, 60 episode range. They're a little bit confused. They're just like, I don't know if this is working. I don't, it's not growing. What do I do? Right. So I help them get out of that fog and most podcasters do quit. So I really just try to help Mm -hmm. people who, you know, basically just help them so they don't quit and realize that if, Hey, if you do have something here, let's see how we can fix it. And if you don't, maybe we can start something new. Um, and then, so that's one whole half of the business. And then the other half is the production side. So my partner manages that, um, that's audio, video design clips, um, show notes, uploading distribution, really all the production that goes along with a podcast. So that's like podcast principles. And that's what I've been working on for, I guess, like three and a half years now going on for,
1: incredible. Well, first off, I'm really happy that your, you know, your side hustle and passion is now your full-time career, which is incredible. And you're helping people do the same thing. Now, tell me a little bit about, you know, your services and how you go about delivering them. What is your client acquisition like?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I'll say like client acquisition specifically or like lead gen, that's all coming from LinkedIn. Um I've ma- I've I don't want to say I've mastered LinkedIn. I've figured out how to get people to you know, I've, I can get booked calls from literally one comment. Um, I've gotten up to seven booked calls from one comment, which I think yeah. is cra- crazy just to think of like how I was using LinkedIn before to like now. Um, So, and I'm not one of these guys who, you know, if you need help with LinkedIn, I, you know, I help people all the time, but I don't have like a LinkedIn course or anything like that. Uh, But I basically just bought Justin Welsh's course. He's one of the biggest creators on LinkedIn, figured it out for myself. And um, I do that every day. So that's the acquisition. So most of my clients are coming from there. Um, And then, yeah, how we fulfill, it depends, but I'll just focus in on one person right now, which is people um, who already have a podcast. So, because I think that's probably a large majority of your audience. Um, So if you already have one, we basically come in and we're like a mechanic for your podcast, right? Like, um, going alluding back to what I did for four years. Like I truly look at it like that. Um, you can have the you know biggest engine, but if your tires are shit, your pot it's not gonna the car's not gonna go anywhere it's gonna fly off the track right so you know i help people basically bring your pocket we bring your podcast into the shop we shine a flashlight up there we tell you what's wrong tell you what's going to need help in a couple of years and uh what that looks like practically is really just one-on-one coaching and just getting real about you know is your podcast actually good is it actually moving the needle do people actually like it do they actually listen to it do they share it why or why not um so that's what the coaching looks like it's very like candid and really you know people mostly hire me to say like hey this is like seriously needs help like here's the here's the places that you're doing great and here's the the places that need help so we really like to look at podcasts objectively and that's like what the podcast coaching side looks like it's been super fulfilling for me too like i didn't set out trying to do this um people just asked for it like one of my clients was just like hey do you like can we do this for one hour a month and i said yep i'll put you on subscription and since then that's what we've been doing so that's kind of what the podcast coaching looks like.
1: Incredible. Well, you had mentioned, you know, most podcasters quit and that is not a lie. I mean, I know that's true. Now, do you have a certain number that I I've heard after seven episodes, I don't know what you've heard. And if you have any, anything to add to that as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think so. If you do the numbers, it's 155,000 podcasters or podcasts, you could say release weekly um, Mm -hmm. that would be out of about 4 million shows. So if you do those numbers, um, that's what it comes down to. So if you're releasing a podcast every week, you're one of like 200,000 people. Um, so, but how I have people look at it is this, like, um, if you have a podcast in an niche niche or an industry, which is probably most people who are listening, you know, you, you look at the landscape of who's in, in that industry, there's probably an obvious big podcast. Um, so for, Conversational interviews, it's probably Joe Rogan. For real estate, it's probably bigger pockets. For self development, it's probably Tim Ferriss, right? So you can look in all these verticals and find the one, two, three podcasts that are the biggest. Um, and then from there, you can just figure out, like, why is mine, what's so different about mine than these, right? And then basically just bridging that gap of figuring out how to deliver content in a fundamentally different way than what you were doing before, which is most likely what the top 10 are are doing. Right. And I think mostly Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss, et cetera, probably terrible examples to use because it's just, you're not like, we're not them. Like it's so wildly different. Um, But yeah, ultimately to come back to the question, um, most podcasts stop because um, they don't, what happens is they'll, they'll say, come to me or anybody or you or any podcast, you know, company that helps people. And they'll be like, my show doesn't, isn't uh or my show doesn't have enough downloads and then i say how many downloads do you have and then they say 50. and i'm like okay how many did you expect to have they're like well i don't really know i didn't i didn't know how many to expect to have so i'm like okay so if you didn't set a goal then how are we supposed to know where to go right so i had a podcaster that had 500 downloads per episode like at that rate four episodes a month you're making you could make thousands a month from sponsorships, right? So there's it really depends on the perspective that you use. And yeah, most podcasts will stop. Um, if you don't stop, you're the minority. Um, now you can look at who why do people in this minority of people who don't stop succeed? And then you can start taking ac- actions in that direction to that? yeah, try to try to. Listen, not all of us, not all of us are going to make it, right? This podcast might not make it. Like, it might stop next year. It might not hit top 100. Like, mine, right. mine's the same. It might not. It might. I, we don't really know. But as long as if we just do the things, if the market responds correctly, um, if we're doing all the things right and the market doesn't respond correctly, then we'll move, right? Then we'll pivot. But, yeah, it's really an ever, always iterating process with the podcast.
1: Absolutely. I, I agree with you there. So Ryan, tell us a little bit about, you know, Zoom po- Zoom podcasts and how to leverage an in-person podcast to get seen 10 times faster. I know you have a lot of value behind that. If you want to dive into that topic, I think that would be a hot one to cover right now.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd love to, Brittany. So, you know, here's the deal. If you look at, look at, go on YouTube Shorts, right? And just look at any podcast clip you see that has hundreds of thousands or millions of views. Tell me if they recorded it on Zoom or in person. 80% of those clips, this is a, I'm pulling this number, you know, it's not an accurate number. Most of those clips are from in-person podcasts, right? And that's expensive. It takes a lot of time. I know how it is. I've done a hundred episodes in person with a studio and a producer and stuff like that. It takes, it's a lot to do that. That's not what I'm recommending. The difference, what I'm recommending is the difference between like a zoom camcorder or a webcam video and a uh, 300 to $700 camera off to the side. Um, the difference between that clip performance wise, if the editing's done correctly, is probably going to be thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of views, maybe. Right. And ultimately, we already know the content needs to be right the video, the editing is the biggest part because the hook is everything for these clips and really what I'm alluding to here is creating short form vertical clips, because if you look at any of the podcasts, any of the podcasters that you know and love and watch all the time, they're probably releasing one to three clips a day on TikTok, YouTube shorts, Instagram reels. Right? So how do we get clips like that for like inexpensively to, to, you know, compete at that level? you know, do, you don't have to have an in-person element to your show. I'm not telling you to like interview people in person, like it's Joe Rogan, but if you just have that camera off to the side, even, um, it's really going to make a difference in terms of the quality, which then gets you into the, now you're in the ballpark. You're not, you're not swinging the bat, but you're at least in the ballpark.
1: 100%. Yeah. I, I can agree with you there. And, and talking about, you know, a little bit more about the podcast i know that you might have a lot of value to add to this topic as well as to you know uncovering the blind spots that are making the audience tune out faster yep. do you want to dive into that i think that can relate to what we were kind of just talking about as well a little bit deeper
2: yeah so you know the blind spots first of all especially like audience tuning or out um I'd say across the board, nobody's doing enough promotion, right? Nobody's doing enough promotion. If you think you're doing enough, you're probably not doing enough, right? So just get that done. I'm not going to, it's funny when I sit down with people, and they're like, yeah, like my podcast. And I'm like, how much are you posting about it on social media? They're like once a week. I'm like, okay, sick. Like come back to me in six months. <laughs> like, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm going to coach you right there, but you know, we're going to keep, I'm going to you know, sit down with you and tell you how to post and what to post and what a good post looks like. But most of us aren't promoting enough, right? So that's the one. Um, look at this logically. If you have one post a week versus four posts a week, that's four more. That's three more chances on top of the original chance. Right. And mm-hmm. we all know it takes seven touch points even to get anybody to even care about you. So at imagine least. how many touch points at least and imagine how many touch points it takes for them to click on your podcast. And guess what? What if they click on your podcast after three and a half months and they don't like it now. You lost them because they just judged you on this podcast. So now you got to have so many more clips just to bring them back again, just to try to get that click. And most people are going to judge on first impression. So, and where I'm going with this is the first impression is the first minute of the show. Is there music, right? Are you acting like a sound engineer as you're editing? Or are you acting like a person trying to figure out how to put their podcast together? The second you open audio and any audio or video platform, you're now an editor. You're not a host anymore. You're not an interviewer anymore. Um, you're not the owner of this business anymore. You're now an engineer, right? So you need to think like one, right? And people don't put their, they don't change. It's very hard for them to change their mindset. They're like, oh, I'll put the song I want, right? Or I'll edit how I want. But you're not the listener. So when it comes to that, we're doing all this work just to get some click. Shit, man. That first one minute, whether it's audio, video, you have to at least try to um be a guide and an ambassador for the listener. They're not watching this most not because they think you're cool. They're watching it because they don't have a lot of time and they're hoping to save some time or just learn something. Uh, if it's an information slash education podcast, we can talk about entertainment because that's a whole different animal. But in the lens of business, most business podcasts are exactly the same. Most of them ask the same exact questions. They don't have any hard hitting emotional moments. They're not getting deep enough into topics. They, they just stay on the surface like all this shit is work. Like you really have to put that work in if you want that the audience to stay. If you want that retention. Um, so first of all, the social um, number one just really boots on the ground here uh, with all the posts. Number two is the first minute to five. You are guiding the audience. You are telling them if this is worth their time or not, and then we can talk about what the content should look like and you know everything right. past that point. But that's kind of how I look at this.
1: Huge, huge. Now with your podcast, I mean. What would you say um, is or has there been any challenges that you have faced and how did you overcome them to make it successful as it is today and also helping others do the same thing besides the social media? Anything else? Any other challenges along the way that you've overcome? I know that that might be relatable to some of our, our listeners as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, probably all the challenges that most people have gone through, but like I can highlight a couple of them. I mean, I do have an in-person show and I really didn't talk about this before, but the benefit of in-person is like I'm sitting there with somebody and really like getting their energy and their body language and everything. And it's different, but that also comes with the challenges of I have now three producers that I need to cycle out. I have two of them that can work during the day and one that can work at night. So my nights are spent organizing, booking, recording podcasts, Um, And that's logistically pretty difficult for most people. It probably took me about three years to get to the point where I'm like always ahead. You know, I always have an episode every week um, where I don't need a guest because I have other ways to get to create episodes. Right. Like basically the difficult part for most podcasters is getting a system that they can stick to so that's been the most difficult thing for me too right and like that's why i coach people because it also helps me you know with my own podcast but yeah i mean people i think like ultimately people think that like big guests or like you know like i said i've worked with celebrities and stuff i'm still trying to make it right like it's not like any one person. I know people who have had Gary V on their podcast twice, and they don't even podcast anymore. Right? Like you'd think that would be the ticket, right? But it's not. Nothing is the yeah. ticket. There's no one thing. There's no one celebrity. Sure, it might get you a hundred thousand views, but you got to still make a video tomorrow. So, yeah, that I think you know every there's just a oh, thousand challenges in podcasting. But for me, it's been yeah logistics and really production. Um, like I said, I had to put my um you know no pen intended. i had to put my 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 engineer hat on i had to put my videographer hat on i had to put my gaffer like if you don't know what a gaffer is and you're shooting video look it up like you're you're now video you're now a video guy you're now video girl you're an audio engineer whatever mm-hmm. it is um so that's really been the challenges for me is like the logistics and then the probably the production and yeah that's not talking about the promo because that's a different animal
1: yeah i love it yeah i it's incredible how many things, you know, we think might work the next shiny object. Right. And it, it's a lot of people are chasing all kinds of different things to get this thing up and running and continuing uh, to do really well and be successful. But I, I don't think like going after one thing is the answer or after all of them is the answer either. It's, it's, it's really just taking a look at it from all angles. Right. Yeah. So Tell me a little bit about how you went ahead and you were able to get these celebrity guests onto your show. Um, I find that really interesting.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I'll most of them I actually haven't had on my show. I've just booked them on clients' podcasts. So, Mm -hmm. um, and I've had a hand in that. But I'll say the biggest thing is just the networking effect. I know people that know people. I'm not really like I know Gary's V. I'm not. I, he doesn't know me, but I know Gary V's dad better than I know Gary V. So if I wanted to get to Gary V, I friends with a friend of his dad. So it's like there's ways to get to people um, if you really want to. Uh, and that's just been powerful for me. So I'm not saying I have every, you know, any celebrity on speed dial, um, but I'll say use one instance. Right. Um, Rob Deerdeck for example, he's super you know, he's MTV, you know, DC shoes, I mean, you name it. Uh, He's been somebody I've looked up to most of my life. And I applied to be on his podcast, right. And right now, anybody listening can go to the deer deck machine and apply to be on his podcast, and they will let you use that on your podcast. So now, you have an interview with Rob Deerdeck on your podcast. And so that's just one example. Many people are accessible. I reach out to celebrities every day. I'm going to reach out to JJ Reddick tomorrow, who was in the NBA, right? I used to play as him when I played NBA 2K13. Like, I just, whenever okay. I see somebody interesting, I send them a cold email, and um, most people are not going to respond. And you got to get your follow ups in, but it's just like there's no, magic to it i would say just if you have a dream person think about it like this if you had 100 celebrities that you know probably 80 percent of them are super busy right now probably 15 percent of them are like decently busy and probably five percent of them are kind of like waiting for the next thing to happen because that's just people it doesn't matter if you're mariah carey there's you have down moments right so right. if you catch a celebrity or a bigger you know, business mogul or whatever you have just at the right time, they'll be on your podcast. I'll use one more example, right? If you're on LinkedIn and you're a marketer, you know who Chris Walker is. He's pretty big on there, right? I've been commenting on his post for years. He's got a hundred thousand followers or whatever, how many followers he has. I just sent him a DM and he's, we booked for the end of this month. Like it's just like, it just happened. I didn't, if he didn't get back to me, I wouldn't be sad about it. I'd just go to the next one, right? So, But yeah, it really is a numbers game. Um, but don't think you can't book big people and also do not rely on them for anything.
1: Yeah, she, I agree. Shoot for the stars. You you don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know? But keep going, keep going. and But don't be afraid to reach out 100%. I agree with that. So tell me a little bit about how you go ahead and monetize your podcast. Or do you, I'm sure...
2: Oh, yeah, monetization. That's always the big one. Everybody loves this, loves this question. Uh, for me, I'm just starting to monetize my own. So I've monetized the business helping other people with their podcast just because I'm pretty good at helping them with their podcast. Um, yeah. If it wasn't for I also have my own, which helps. But my podcast is not I'm not even a sponsor of my own podcast, which helps me really be independent. Like I'm an independent podcaster helping podcasters. So I can I try to see it from all angles and there's a lot of podcast companies who don't really (laughs) podcast so they're like they're helping people but they don't actually do it um but i'll say and i'm always candid about this like i've probably lost money with my podcast i haven't because i created a whole business helping people like i said um but now i'm actually at the point where i'm starting to entertain sponsorships um i'm starting to you know i'm only taking sponsors that are my own guests so i'll only promote a business that's been a guest on my podcast and it's right pretty hard to be a guest on my podcast like you have to be a pretty specific type of person to like for me to choose like somebody as a guest so that's just the way I'm going about it um but there's many ways to monetize right you have sponsors affiliates uh you know the audio sponsors you can make posts like I, there's just a million ways to do it um it's not my expertise I'm more of a strategist and and um really there for I'm definitely the production and the growth side is, is really my strengths. Um, but there's many ways to monetize a podcast. Um, but I think the easiest one, just to give somebody a little tidbit here is like the easiest one is to go to something that you use every day. Um, I don't have one next to me, but I use these things called power packs by trace minerals. It's like a vitamin pack and I use it every day. That would be a easy, easy, pretty easy pitch for me to say like, Hey, I've used this every day for a year you know i'd love to um do you guys have affiliate relationships or do you do sponsorships or whatever and then just get paid where somebody will pay you if they're going to pay you 10 dollars an episode or 5 dollars an episode just take it now you're making revenue right so now we can go from there people want to get 10 grand up front it's like dude you're nobody start where you can yeah. start so if i wanted right. to make money from my podcast tomorrow that's what i do i would just go to things that i actually use and see how much money they'll give me and just kind of move from there. Once the downloads and the listeners go up, then you can charge more.
1: Absolutely. Love it. So tell me a little bit about your dream or your ideal. And I know you have all kinds of people in your pod. It's hard to get onto your podcast, but what is your like main avatar for a guest on your show? And um, yeah, let's dive into that.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I love that question too. Uh, For me, it's story now. You know, I used to interview people who, um, haven't had their stories told really no matter what the story is, just people who podcasters would never reach out to. And I've had good success in that. Like I've had good interviews um, just with people who have never been interviewed before, and that's great. But I have kind of pivoted to really stories, life stories, and and opinions, right? Like I'm, I have an entertainment podcast. It's a mix between enter, entertainment and education. So you also I also want that entertainment angle where if like you can hit me with a controversial opinion, that's probably the best content that you can give me Um, because that's what it those are the conversations that need to be had right and those are the difficult ones so that's kind of what I'm looking for and you know I am taking virtual guests but they like it needs to be like undeniable Uh, but most of my guests are in person in New Jersey so that you know the people that reach out in my DMs every day I'm like can I get on your podcast man like if you're not gonna fly to Jersey then (laughs) you know, probably, probably not, but like, <laughs> Hey, like if Shaq is listening, yeah, dude, I'll have Shaq. I'll have LeBron. I'll have like, you know, uh, Gary right. Tim Ferris. Like I'll do that interview. You know, I'll use a potato to record that if I have to, right. I don't really care. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, that's the, uh, that's kind of who I'm looking for is really these hard hitting like opinions and stories.
1: I love it. That's incredible. Yeah. And you mentioned like in person being, it's just like, you're, you're right there. You're, you feel their energy. I mean, I'm going to start doing in person ones as well. So, in the next year here. So, I'm looking forward to that as well because I'm hearing this like in person, you know, you, I feel like you build a stronger relationship having the person right in front of you and getting to know them as a right there in front of you, right? And really understanding and reading their, um, mirroring them and everything, reading their energy. So, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, yeah. I think probably in the next couple, couple months here, we'll be starting to do an in-person one actually in Costa Rica. So that's exciting. Oh,
2: wow. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah. I mean, you guys are going to love it. It's just a different, it's just a different experience altogether. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So earlier you had mentioned, um, you've had several mentors now. I'm really big on the mentorship and everything like that. So I don't know if you have any inspirational, you know, um, stuff to share with myself and our listeners as to something that maybe you've, you've, you've had all along your journey that you've never forgotten about, that you've learned from a mentor, anything you'd like to share. I think that'd be incredible.
2: Yeah. So I'll say like my first mentor, I consider him my first mentor. His name's Bijan Lynx and he now works with Diddy. Uh, he produced this logo behind me if I think most people are just listening, but my, My logo for my music, he, or he produced, he, he designed it and, uh, super grateful for that. He basically was a guy who we really liked his music. He's a producer for a pretty well-known group around my area. And I reached out and he took us in under his wing and he said, the number one lesson I learned from him was you, everybody thinks their bars are dope. Right. And you can just relate that to anything in life or business, right? Like everybody, we all think what we have is the shit, but it's Mm -hmm. probably improvable. And it's probably not as good as we think it is. And that's, there's a perfectionism mindset there that can get a little negative. I totally understand that. Like you might not, perfectionism is, you know, there's pros and cons. Uh, But he just kind of, as confident as we were, he kind of broke that down. And he basically said, come back in a year and show me what you have. And if you've dedicated yourself to this, then I'll help you even more. And so if you are going to, mentorship comes from, Great mentorship comes from great mentee shit. So you need to be a great mentee if you want a great mentor. And how do you do that? I'm mentoring people right now for, uh, creating their side hustles. And I don't want to chart, like it would be $500 an hour to like work with me. Right. It's like, that's kind of a lot of money. I would rather you take my three bits of advice and then come back in six months and show me that you've done it for six months. I'll probably help you for free at that point. Right. Because it's so rare that somebody actually takes the advice and then uses it over the course of time without making some excuse about why they should stop. So I'll say that's a tidbit. That's a little piece of mentorship that I don't know, maybe goes overlooked.
1: A hundred percent. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. It's huge. Um, Not a lot of people actually use, take it, take the advice and actually use it. So.
2: Yeah, that's a good piece on advice as well. I don't know if you mind if I jump in here, but also advice mm-hmm. is most people don't have any advice that's useful to you because True. it's so specific to your life. So mm-hmm. also, yeah, don't get caught in the rabbit hole of advice either. Like don't have 40 mentors, <laughs> you know, like have like no. three
1: <laughs> narrow it down <laughs> Narrow
2: it down. hundred
1: percent. So Ryan, I know we're getting close to the end of the episode here, but I just wanted to ask, you know, what is your biggest end goal and focus for the next six, six to 12 months from now?
2: Yeah, within the podcast
1: and the business
2: mm-hmm. totally yeah so podcast would be to um just keep marketing just keep promoting it um and just keep developing the quality of the content that's my number one goal with my podcast i my partner and my business coaches me on my podcast so i'm not immune right like Brittany needs coaching your founder of your company jamie needs coaching everybody needs coaching i don't care who you are everyone i don't get tony robbins as a coach right so um that's 100%. The, yeah, so that's my goal for the podcast just keep improving the content, keep getting better coaching. And then goal for the business is help more people that, you know, just don't are confused or don't know what to do or hey, you might be doing 95% of everything right with your podcast. I have a few clients like this where they're killing it, but they want help on the extra 5, right? And so that's my goal for the next 6 to 12 months. I'm at I believe like 6 to 10 like coaching clients. So yeah, my goal is like 30 coaching clients by the end of the year, so um, you know, I think we'll be there in probably three or four months, but yeah, that's my, my number one goal.
1: Super exciting. And yeah, like you mentioned, everyone should have a coach. Like you said, Tony yep. Robbins has a coach. Everyone should have a, my coach has a coach, <laughs> you know, yeah, they have a,
2: if, if your coach doesn't have a coach, you got to get a new, there's coach.
1: something <laughs> wrong. Yes. <laughs> 100%. Yes, yes, yes. I agree with that. So Ryan, this has been absolutely amazing. I wish that these episodes were longer. Um, maybe we'll have you come back on again. I'd love that. And share some love more to. valuable. Yeah, I got to also yes.
2: meet your founder too. I got to, you know, get a, something going on with him as well.
1: 100%. But if anyone's looking to connect with you, I mean, you have some great um, things going on for the podcasting, helping people get unstuck, launching the podcasts, everything like that. What would be the best way to go ahead and reach out to you um, for anyone interested?
2: So I'm the most active on LinkedIn. So if you use it actively, um, go ahead and connect with me there. Ryan R. Sullivan, if you want to find me, I should come up. Common last name, but I should come up. Um, And then for everything else that I do, um, you know, I would say probably Instagram and YouTube are my most active. If you Google S-U-L-L-Y-B-O-P, Sully Bop all my stuff will come up the my my personal website with djing and music and podcasts um, my instagram everything uh so the business is podcast principles and then my brand is sully bop so either of those you can find me hit me in a dm sometimes i'm slow but i get back to everybody 100 percent. so um feel free to reach out literally for anything
1: incredible well thank you so much ryan it's been a, pl- a privilege having you on today and i can't wait to get you back on in the future as well
2: Brittany, thank you so much. It was so fun to do this today and great to meet you. And I I love what you guys are doing for, with podcasters and with podcasting in general. So um, keep it up and I can't wait for the next one.
1: Thank you, Ryan. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like Ryan Sullivan did today to share a bit of your story, talk about your business and podcast, please go to top100interviews.com. I'd love to have you on as well. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ryan. Catch you on the next one.